Hello, it's Dave. Just a quick note before we start. Uh, this week we got really excited about The Flash and started talking about it as if you, the listener, had already seen the first season of the CW show, The Flash, or at least weren't worried about being spoiled for it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, now would be a good time to pause and uh, reckon with that before catching up with the episode, because when we start talking about The Flash, we uh, do spoil a lot of the developments in the first season. All right, let's go. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program, faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Hello and welcome to The Thought Bubble, a podcast about comics and comics-adjacent culture. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I'm Dave Gonzalez. If you're just joining us for the first time, we're here to answer your questions about all things comics. Dave here is our so-called expert, and I'm your friendly neighborhood novice. But this podcast is meant for comics lovers of all levels. If Dave wants to go in-depth or spoilery about a particular answer, he'll do so in our advanced section that comes at the end of each episode with ample warning. So don't worry. If you have a question for us, please shoot us an email at bubbleyourthoughts at gmail.com. You can find all of our old episodes at fightinginthewarroom.com slash comics. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. It's Thursday, October 1st, 2015. This is issue number 29, the special speedster, Scarlet Speedster edition, I should say. Hello, Dave. Hello. Um, I missed... I almost missed the opportunity for triple alliteration, but I got there. <laughs> that that uh, is important. I mean, I think so. So we are going to be talking about The Flash in anticipation of the second season premiere, which which airs next week. Um, and so we just wanted to run through, you know, Dave's been doing a lot of background reading of the Flash comics. I did, a, I dabbled a little bit in some Flash comics today. And so we're going to be answering some of your questions, just trying to fill in the lore of the Flash. You know, I feel like people understand the Batman, the Superman, you know, some other lore better than they do the Flash lore. And occasionally Dave will drop some phrases on the podcast that I don't know what they are. I'm specifically talking about the Speed Force. But anyway, we're going to get to all of that. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk a little bit about some other things before we get to the, you know, to the Flash rundown. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about a New York Comic Con panel that you're excited about? Uh, I do. My friend, uh, Vixen Varsity. Uh, Varsity Vixen? Oh, God. Okay. Her website is VixenVarsity.com. So oh, go she's with the one with all the, like, American Horror Story scoops she is uh she's running a uh panel at new york comic-con about uh, diversity in comics because she also runs the black comics month movement which started last february i believe um where she wanted to promote uh black creators of comics and then decided why do it for uh just a month why not do it uh, year round so now it's uh hashtag black comics month uh, kind of goes year round, and their diversity comics panel is going to be on October eighth at New York Comic Con from six thirty p.m. to seven thirty p.m. Uh, in room one A one eight, and you should check that out because not only is it going to have cool stuff from like Boom Studios and independent publishers, uh, but uh, she got David Walker who does Cyborg for DC and Scott Snyder who is the man writing Batman in the best way uh, to be on the panel. And uh, Snyder's going to talk about his recent, I believe it's 44, it's 43 or 44 uh, Batman issue that sort of had a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, tinge to it because 
uh, uh, shooting of a kid by a cop. So, uh, yeah, sure to be interesting conversation. Uh, it's going to be a ton of people that uh, are going to talk about the issue of diversity in comics. But unlike, you know, say like Denver Comic Con, who, you know, had all, all men on their women in comics panel, uh, I guarantee you that this one will not be a whole bunch of white people explaining white things <laughs> to you. Excellent. Um, I also want to mention one other thing in advance of the New York Comic Con. Um, it's not the New York Comic Con. That makes it sound like I'm 100 years old. New York Comic Con uh, is that DC launched something called DC Superhero Girls dot com, uh, which is, you know, for their DC Superhero Girls collection that they're there or, you know, uh, books that they're starting. Um, it's, you know, an effort between DC Entertainment, Warner Brothers and Mattel aimed at girls six through 12 to sort of initiate them. And so you've got like, you know, Wonder Woman and Supergirl and and Harley Quinn, but not the damaged version and Poison Ivy and a bunch of other DC women that you recognize as like teen girls sort of. So, I mean, it kind of swings towards the Gotham Academy thing that they're doing, but also I think, as I mentioned before, I think is hemming a little bit into the, what boom studios is doing so well, which is aiming at, at younger women. So um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, these, these uh, different diversity pushes. Yeah, um, hopefully they work out okay. We got a question about that this week. Do we want to talk about that? About like how how if we should measure the DCU, YOU as being like successful or not? I mean, I don't really have an answer, so maybe it's the best to table that. We got a question, and I've been thinking about it. <laughs> because okay. uh, the, the well, we've been talking a lot about diversity I've been, you know, in comics and I've been talking to other people about it and it seems like you know for the most part people are pretty happy with what DC's doing in terms of the big two and their representation battles uh, but there is a question about whether or not that's been translating into sales because a lot like television you know it's still a lot about like physical issue buying versus like digital sales but like all these representation based comics uh for the big two like miss marvel or spider gwen um do a lot better digitally and the question would be uh, does that mean that like stuff like the dcu is going to be retconned and retrofitted to appeal to somebody else because they can't tell that uh representation is popular i don't know but i'm looking into it that's, All right. that's what I want to say about that. We will keep that on our radar. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about a couple white guys, as far as I can tell. So, um, kicking off with our Flash. Uh, oh, our, yes, yes. Our Flash rundown, right? I think so. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess I'll talk about one white girl before we get to the white guys, which is just to say that the, the two Jessica Jones teasers that have dropped since we last recorded have made me really happy. I think they're really uh, cute is not the word, because, but they're cute. I think, you know? I think cute is the word for Jessica Jones. But cute in a, like, you know, drinks a lot and and fucks people up sort of way. Yeah, and crushes her, you know, her Yeah, her clocks. alarm clock. Yeah. I, the reason I hesitated when we were t- saying the white guys is, like, on the show, I don't think Wally West is going to be white. Right, uh, okay, we'll, so get we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that. That was actually going to be one of my questions. But, okay. So, we're going to start from the top with just a real easy softball to you, Dave. Who's Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash? He is the Silver Age DC comic version of The Flash. So uh, in the television show, he is a police officer. 
like a uh, forensic scientist, like a forensic scientist, police officer, yeah. like a CSI, but not like super serious. Um, for and in Central City, and he gets struck by lightning while in the lab, and it gives him speed powers, and that's pretty close to how he appeared in the comics. And he named himself after his favorite comic book character, which was the Golden Age version of the Flash, uh, Jay Garrick. And it wasn't really until the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, later on, which was also very Flash-centric with Barry Allen, uh, that these worlds were sort of divided into dimensions. So the concept that the show is going to deal with, which is that both of these Flashes sort of exist in parallel universes, isn't necessarily the way he was originally conceptualized in the comics, but it's the way that he's sort of retconned to exist currently. You already, you already gave like a way more complicated answer for this question than I was anticipating. Well, I'm looking at all the questions and I'm thinking like, we have a lot, <laughs> we have a lot of podcasts. So all right, here we go. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're, so is Jay Garrick the owner of the helmet of the winged helmet that came through in the end of season one? Yes, he was the Flash um, in the original uh, golden era. So that would be the wartime era of uh, DC Comics. And uh, he, oh, okay. He got he got his power by like some sort of lab accident with uh, water, like super leaded water, I think. Um, that ended up giving him the ability to uh, run really fast. Um, but since uh, a crisis, on infinite, crisis on Infinite Earths, he's been part of the Justice Squad of America, which is the Earth 2 like, Justice League. He's their Flash. But uh, okay. basically is described as the original Flash in the con- most continuities, the 90s okay. continuity and the now continuity. So would you say it goes, in terms of Flash inheritance, it would go Jay Garrick... Barry Allen, and then Wally West? Yes, that would be the most direct of the first three Flashes, or people calling themselves the Flash. Great. And who, Dave Gonzalez, is Wally West? Uh, Wally West is Iris West's uh, nephew. Yeah. And um, becomes Kid Flash when he gets powers... Uh, in a very humorous way that we'll talk about because Joanna actually read uh, the Mark Wade retcon of how his origin goes. Uh, But Wally West popped up as a kid Flash and then eventually once Barry Allen perished on uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, he took up the mantle of Flash. And the reason, uh, I guess, Wally West is arguably the more popular Flash is he was the Flash during the comics, you know, Bronze Age or Resurgence in the early 90s when comics were like a big thing. Uh, Wally West was the, the Flash to be. And so when you see like the Flash on uh, DC cartoons and whatnot, it'll usually end up being the Wally West version of the Flash just because he was the Flash in the comics when these things uh, were initiated. Okay, yeah. So that that's a that's a good point. One of our, you know, we had a bunch of Twitter questions, and one of our listeners um, and friends, Adam Borden, was basically like, "Wally West was my Flash growing up. When am I going to see some Wally West, yo, on the Flash?" So uh, I believe the answer is this upcoming season. Is that correct, Dave? We're going to see Wally West on the Flash. Yes, uh, he's been cast as a man named uh, Kynan Lonsdale. I'm going to say his name is. Um, but yeah, he's going to uh, pop up. I would imagine this is like a teen. He's going to maybe show up in the kids flash form, uh, but we don't know. The actress who plays Iris West has definitely said that there will be three flashes, 
uh, as early, I think as recent as this week. So that would be, yeah, Wally West will eventually power up as, to be a speedster. I guess we're wonder- I'm wondering what dimension he's in, but that's, you know, to be determined. Okay, and so then since Wally West is theoretically related to Iris West, and the actress who plays Iris West in the show, Candace Patton, is African-American, so then that's why you're saying Wally West probably, well, and you've seen the actor, is not going to be a white guy. Right? Correct. So right. we'll probably have a, I mean, Black Flash is something else entirely that we'll probably right. talk about, but we'll have a Black Flash. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, this season, uh, the reason that it's kind of important to talk about the speedsters is because there's also a fourth one that they've sort of cast, and uh, that's going to open up... The fact that you have multiple speedsters is going to open up a lot of aspects from the comics, especially Mark Wade's 90s run, where uh, all these people sort of get in contact with the Speed Force. We'll get to the Speed Force, I promise. Uh <laughs> And I hope you just continue to say it that way. Um, All right. So we're going to take a quick uh, Iris sidebar, though, because I actually did have a lot of questions about Iris, because I think that Candace Patton has not been the most popular uh, performer on the TV show The Flash. Mm -hmm. And having read... um, you know, the the few issues that I just did today of, of the Flash comic, I really like that Iris West, and I like her a lot more than the show Iris West. So I kind of see what people are saying. Uh, you know, with my limited comics exposure to her, I like the comic version. The show version was unfortunately saddled with that whole annoying, doesn't know what's going on, so is like the, is the obstacle. It's the sort of Skylar White ish thing um it to a way lesser degree so anyway one of the questions we had was does barry have to marry iris because it's like seems to be foretold in the future papers and whatever on the flash tv show um but i'm gonna read this longer question from listener rachel daniels and she wrote uh, my questions for this week's ode to the scarlet speedster deals with the origin of iris now i know she's not a fan favorite and the writer certainly didn't do her any favors in season one but i have a soft spot for her because damn because damn black girls are hardly ever main features on the types of ser- superhero shows and if we only get five minutes i'm looking at you vixen um oh and if we are we only get five minutes so here's my question is it possible that they'll go through the with the whole iris is actually from the 30th century comic plot point it's an interesting aspect to her character and would give her tv counterpart a much needed shot of interesting the character is so important to the flash family and she deserves to be something other than the girl barry likes because he's supposed to i don't know they need to do something with her hopefully berlanti uh greg berlanti doesn't pull a dan dido and make her an afterthought like he and his goons did to lois lane but i digress dave what do you think of this idea and uh joanna my favorite bay area resident what do you think of berlanti and crew can do to help fix their leading lady from a story perspective i'm gonna dive in real quick and then toss it to you and just say that you know like i said with with uh iris and this uh obstacle role in season one i liked her most i think most people would agree in the finale when she joins team flash basically. And so I think we're just going to enjoy her more now that she's part of the team. Um, I would like to see her do more, even more stuff with Jesse L. Martin, not Jesse L. Martin, just wanting to protect and shield her, but actually interacting with her because everyone's made better by Jesse L. Martin um, who plays Joe, her dad. And yeah, that's what I would say. What do you say? Uh, I think that in terms of the television show, they are going to, I guess, uh, empower her a little bit more by putting her on Team Flash officially 
or possibly on her dad's metahuman hunting team, but definitely in the spot that Wells would have gone in, uh, which is sort of like the Barry's, the person that is able to talk Barry through whatever mental block or not going fast enough block is stopping him from beating like the villain of the week, um, which may seem sort of like damseling, but in terms of how uh, the love interests for the Flash work in the comics, uh, especially in the post-Wade uh, Speed Force continuity, is like those relationships end up being the anchors that make them capable of being better flashes or going faster. So it's really a kind of like a two-hander of making her an interesting character, but also, I think, keeping her to be the anchor for the Flash. Uh, I don't know if they have to get married. Um, in terms of like the future... Uh, in the comics continuity. So Iris is from the future and gets sent back to the past, but we learn that after she dies because she comes back because they send her as a baby backwards and cause some sort of paradox that brings her back to life. Jesus. So, uh, I mean, the cool thing about Iris being in the future is that it eventually leads to the mixing of the Thrawn and West uh, bloodlines and the Tornado Twins and Barry gets to live with her kind of happily ever after for a little while before he comes back to die of Crisis on Infinite Earths. But the reason you like the Iris that you saw in the comics that you read is that she has like basically already been through some shit. And um, right, right. the Iris is the, that's been on the show isn't any more or less stupid than the Iris who was in the comics, who I believe figured out that Barry was the Flash after they got married because he talked in his sleep or something stupid like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and I don't think, I don't think Iris is stupid. Like, I don't think she's stupid on the show. And yeah, the comic book that I, in the storyline that I read, Iris was engaged to Barry and did not know who he was. Like, did not know he was the Flash. So, um, yeah. And, and what you're saying, I was just thinking about, you know, what they did with Team Arrow. And I will say that characters like Thea and, you know, certainly especially Laurel got much more interesting once they were allowed to be part of the fun, once they were no longer, like, sidelined um, or damseled. So, you know, as much as I don't like Laurel, she's a lot better now than she was before. And uh, I love Thea now. So, you know, if that's the trajectory, if you just need to, like, recruit these normal these these uh what do you call them civilians <laughs> onto the super team in order to make them more interesting then you know so be it well she's got to be the normal at this point because well i mean i don't know if it's going to happen this season but the rest of team flash has superheroes to become right they, well, their names are to be believed that's a problem though with um i mean and we got we got hints of that in season one of, of what cisco and and caitlin are going to become but I mean, I think we've talked about this on the on the podcast before, but that's sort of like the Buffy syndrome where like, I mean, I guess you have the Xander, but like, you know, when Buffy started, she had normal friends. And then by the end, Buffy was friends with, you know, like witches and werewolves and, you know, like everyone had to have a supernatural power and that sort of thing. So, but, you know, the, it's an interesting dynamic trajectory to look at the super teams. Okay. Uh, zooming back to Wally, uh, given that you, you said he's going to be a teenager on the show. So maybe kind of like midway between kid flash and grown up flash, maybe, you know, teen flash. Um, but as a couple people pointed out, is it weird to have Wally show up 
this early in season two when Barry hasn't had a chance to establish himself as like a really solid, strong superhero when the dynamic between Barry and Wally is so much about Wally idolizing Barry? Is it weird for him to show up, you know, when Barry hasn't done quite enough to to earn that um, idolatry? What do you think, Dave? Um, maybe. I mean, the comics that we read for this week mm-hmm. are basically one of two main arcs that Mark Wade did to sort of introduce Wally West to the Flash readers and say, but like, seriously, this guy is going to be y- your Flash. Um, it, it happened that uh, the comics weren't super popular and were fading in popularity to the point where like they kind of kept him in a trial for killing Zoom, Barry Allen, for like two years or something in the run of the comics and then eventually just ended it. And then he came back for Crisis and it played such a key role in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, that people were like, oh, let's have a Flash comic. And they just put Wally West immediately into the Flash uh, run. And I don't even think restarted the numbering at that point. Or no, maybe that was how Barry Allen picked out. Anyway, so Wally West suddenly on the scene as like the new Flash. He was the kid Flash. He's picked up the mantle. But readers sort of didn't like learn to trust him until they went back and sort of redid this uh, origin that we read. And then also the... Barry Allen returns um, arc, which ends up being the first time that Wally West uh, faces uh, Professor Zoom, are both really about establishing Wally emotionally as like the successor to Barry Allen, and he needs to be as good as Barry Allen, and especially that second arc uh, where Zoom comes back disguised as Barry Allen and is kind of pissed that Wally's taken over his mantle, it's dealt with very directly. Like, am I allowed to call myself the Flash? In, like, very classic 90s, uh, long description bubbles uh, against yellow placed amongst a page with no dialogue. You know, Wally West, Mm -hmm. he reckons with what it is to be the Flash. Um, And that's because that's how the character was portrayed in the comics. That's how we sort of feel like he is. But he doesn't necessarily have to be that way. You know, he could idolize something else about Barry Allen, and given that the whole, um, you know, uh, Iris, or given that Joe is a loving cop father figure and not an abusive father, like I believe the West family was originally, or what is in the one the I read? In the one I read, he was an absent-minded professor. Ah, uh, I think okay. So it must have been like uh, around. The I, and I think period. his name was Ira West. That's Ira West who named his daughter Iris. Yes, Ira West. I think sticks. But at some point, I think maybe Jeff Johns or somebody around the rebirth period uh, puts it, or maybe it's New Fifty Two. There's some uh, new retcon background where uh, he was abusive in some way. So that's kind of been. I don't know. Not the best thing to drive Iris, but uh, the, now that you have a functioning a functioning West fam- family, it'll be interesting to see what Wally has to contribute to that. And I'm I more interested. If she's in like s- a cousin, right? Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Or I would also just love if he doesn't idolize Barry, he idolizes Joe. Because really, what who difference? wouldn't idolize Joe? And what right? difference would that make in a hero? Really, if you're going to have two of them together. 
Barry has all of his reasons and, you know, has touched the speed force and whatnot. And Wally's just like, my, my uncle's a cop. I'm going to be a cop. But cow, pow, pow, pow. Brap. All right. Um, Okay. So um, the, okay. Side question. Who is Professor Zoom? Professor Zoom is Eobard Thawne. He is also from the future. Uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure where he is in New 52, but post-crisis, his story is he traveled back in time and realized, or no, he was a fan of the Flash and realized that he was destined to be killed by the Flash. So he sort of went crazy and traveled back in time to kill both uh, Barry's wife and uh, attempt to kill uh, Barry's mother, which okay. is where Flashpoint comes along. So as is, is Airborthon is... Um, uh, Professor Zoom is Reverse Flash? He is. He's the first Reverse Flash. Uh, when he shows up, we don't really know who he is. And a matter of fact, when he kills Iris, we don't really know who he is. It uh, okay. <laughs> is that, I don't know if that's a spoiler. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Oh, that's a, if that's a spoiler, that's like uh, I know 80s, it's like eighties comic lore. I know, I know. So, do you think Iris is going to die on the show? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I talked about killing Iris because she comes back because she's actually from the future, right? Right. So, like uh, the whole vibrating thing is what they did with Cisco. Like that's how Iris dies okay. in the comics. So, I don't know if they're going to like have to go there with Iris. Uh, will Iris die in the show and then come back because of some ridiculous thing like she's from the future? I mean, if they build to that, I could see Flash definitely going crazy enough to do that. Uh, I don't think they have to though. Okay, so speaking of this, the vibrating hand, um, the something that I saw in the you know four issues that we read that we haven't really explored that much in the show, I think, is phasing through um, solid objects that the the speedsters can break down, can go so fast that they break down their molecules and can go through solid objects. Is that true? Uh, yeah, Barry's the only one who. Cause has basically constantly been able to do it. I think Wally needs to have some sort of boost or a start. Uh, he's not always, at least, God, up to the mid-90s, Wally wasn't as fast as Barry and couldn't do things like phasing. Like the, when he shows up, when uh, Reverse Flash shows up pretending to be Barry Allen in uh, The Return of Barry Allen arc, uh, I think one of the things that sets him apart, and he's like, oh, you really are Barry Allen, is he can phase, and Wally still can't. Um, but yes, phasing is you vibrate your molecules and basically fit in between the molecules of a solid object, so you could kind of phase through it. Okay, uh, so speaking of Wally versus Barry being fastest, who is the fastest speedster? And I, yeah. Um, uh, I think Barry Allen. Um, okay. If, if what I know about the speed force is correct, we're uh, almost to the speed force, guys. <laughs> oh, I mean, we could get to the speed force because <laughs> we're probably going to have to go there. I think, uh, according to Wade's invention of it, Barry Allen is the speed force. What? Like, he... Okay. Okay. So, wait. Like, wait. Wait. Okay. Press pause. Okay. What is the speed force? The speed force is uh, something that was invented in the Mark Wade era, 90s era of the Flash. 
that is the source of all speedsters power in the DC universe and it operates like the force in Star Wars which is to say it does what you need it to do to tell your story uh, Mark Wade has gone on record saying he didn't think that like it's a particularly good name or anything like that and he's surprised it caught on as much as it did but as soon as he came up with it it sort of like became a good uh, reason to connect other things and like maybe the speed force is important and now the speed force is like a given fact across other books besides the flash as something that exists i think something that the flash tv show has kind of tried to do uh, to a certain degree i mean i know they've got the metahuman stuff but i feel like they keep trying to tie it to science like as if this one storm I mean, it's not the only, I think, source of metahumans, but like that a lot of the supernatural stuff that happens in The Flash can be tied to this event. Um, And so it seems like they're trying to make it almost more, you know, especially, well, you know, it's like Peter Parker getting bit bit by a radioactive spider Um, or, yeah, Barry Allen having lightning strike the chemicals that he's working with. This is a science even if it's like super science, is science originated superpowers? Um, is the speed force going to be science related or is it going to be mystical like the forces? Do you uh, think? On the show? Well, I mean, on the show. On the show, it'll probably be a little bit of both. It'll be like pseudoscience. So the way that Barry is the speed force, with even though he's not the first Flash is like the speed force exists sort of outside time. So not only does Barry cause his own origin, I believe, in the post-crisis continuity, but that is like the moment that the speed force explodes across all time. So Barry has the fastest and purest connection in the speed force. He may not be or be like the embodiment of the speed force, but he's definitely the one with the purest connection to it. And everyone else sort of touches uh, in on it. Uh, I believe the terminal velocity flash uh, <laughs> line is Wally West uh, is getting faster and faster. And the faster he gets, the more he becomes, starts to become a being of pure energy. And the more he starts to hear the speed force, quote unquote, like calling to him. Oh my to gosh. Sort of like migrate into the speed force. And so the way they brought Barry Allen back eventually is that he you know the speed force kind of spit him back out but traditionally the way we think about the speed force in the dc universe is like you go so fast you go beyond the speed of light and you join the speed force and you become like part of the god consciousness of the speed force and you're beyond time and but you can't come back um people have come back and run through the speed force and reverse the speed force and whatnot because it's kind of a weird thing but i wouldn't be surprised if that whole um it explodes outward from barry is kept so like the speed force has to exist with barry allen existing but there's also consequences to being able to tap into it Okay, so one of the questions that we had, I think it, I think it's related to something that happened in season one, but I can't quite remember. Someone asked what the cosmic treadmill was, and I think they were just making a reference to, isn't there like a device that Barry runs on yeah, in season treadmill. one? It's a treadmill? Oh, what oh, is the- oh, there's a treadmill in season one, which made everybody go like, oh, the cosmic treadmill. But in the comics, the cosmic treadmill oh, is... Oh, there's a cosmic treadmill in the comics? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so... Uh, the Flash can run fast enough to run through time. This is pre-crisis, but he can't like control where he lands 
and that's what the cosmic treadmill does. Uh, so it's like a, it's like, uh, it's if, like the dashboard thing of the flux capacitor. If you can actually control where the TARDIS lands on Doctor Who. Right. And uh, it becomes uh, more useful post-crisis to the point where it creates one of the reverse flashes when he tries to use it and it blows up in his face. Uh, but yeah, the Cosmic Treadmill is totally a thing. That's totally exactly what it's called, and that's exactly what oh it is. God. Okay. Um, okay, so how does time travel work on The Flash? You, you were just saying that Barry can run so fast he can go different places in time. But when, when in season one Barry goes back in the past and there's already two Barrys there, like how does that work? How is that not a paradox? What, what's happening there? Hmm. I mean, do you want to dredge up some of your like Terminator time travel knowledge to answer this? Or I mean, we- <laughs> okay, the, the show hasn't set the complete rules uh, yet, so it's hard to say exactly. Um, mostly because they're going to p- put another dimension into the whole thing, which makes. Uh, everything more complex but in terms of like season one of the show Barry goes back and when he's like in this when he's running really fast he sees himself running and then that thing sort of disappears and I think his timelines merge Uh, and then the weird thing that I think the reader who asked this question was wondering about is when he goes back to see his mom, the other Barry, is there and sort of tells him, like, no, don't right, interfere. Right. Uh, which like, would mean... So theoretically, like, future Barry. Future, future Barry. Right. And that that Barry has a different costume, I believe. Right. Has the one right. with the different background on the, on the lightning bolt. So, yeah, presumably that needs to happen. Um, in the comics, they're pretty um, sure that it's really difficult to change time. And the consequences are, like, disastrous. So, basically, they learn not to screw with it eventually. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, it's what makes Hunter Zolomon zoom eventually is he gets uh, paralyzed in an attack by Gorilla Grodd. And he's like, Barry, use the cosmic treadmill to help me. And Barry's like, no. So, he tries to use it himself, and it blows up, and he becomes zoom. The reverse flash that... Uh, this season's villain is going to be based on, I believe. Oh my god! All I want in the world is for someone on the Flash TV show to say, "Barry, use the cosmic treadmill <laughs> to help me." Sorry, I mean, it might, I, ha- I, it might happen. I can handle a lot of comic book stuff, and I will be able to handle that as well. But still, cosmic treadmill. Like I pity the actress to say that with a straight face. Okay, since Barry's suit has this high tech nature, um. Okay, since Barry Suits' high-tech nature is what allows him to run so fast without fire, without, like, letting on fire, how will Mercury's dudes work? And by Mercury's dude, I believe he means Jay Garrick. So Jay Garrick's helmet came through the portal, which made it sort of seem like he was, uh, you know, as you would expect a golden age of, of comics uh, character to be, a little less, a little more low-tech than Barry. So do you have any theories? Do you, like, do you think we're going to get, like... Almost a Thor version. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, I keep thinking about Thor, but obviously that's Marvel. But like, wh- when do you think Jay Garrick is going to be from? Oh well, there's a comics version. There's a comics answer, which is that the fact that he was sort of splashed with the chemical 
uh, which actually applies to Barry. It doesn't apply to him in the show, but it applies to him in the comics. Um, they both have uh, like an anti-friction element to their very molecules. Mm-hmm. So um, that allows them to run so fast without fire and whatnot. So it's very possible that Jay just keeps that from the origin. Um, they all have like different connections to the Speed Force, which I think would be a cool way to, you know... I mean, it, I think it's going to be overload on the TV show if all of a sudden everybody is capable as being as fast as Barry or as fast as Reverse Flash or as fast as Zoom. So um, something that the comics does well, comics do well, well, well enough that they were entertaining in their 90s was that when all the speedsters are together, they all have uh, slightly different powers or slightly different speeds or slightly different... Uh, I guess philosophies about what it means to be a hero or a speedster. So I would like to see that echoed in the show, just sort of keep things interesting. And then the great way to do that would be like, Hey, uh, my molecules resist all friction. And maybe you could use that for something besides just, you know, explaining running. Maybe you could run through water really fast or something cool like that. Speaking of speed, I know we already did like a who's faster question, but who is faster between the flash and, and Quicksilver, which is Mar- Marvel's speedster. I think we did talk about that on a previous episode. Ah, what, but, what was your answer? Um, uh, the I Flash? Think Quicksil- it's definitely The Flash. She could go faster uh-huh, than the speed uh-huh. of light. I think Quicksilver tops up at like a Mach, Mach 5 or a Mach 6. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think they both think as fast or equally as fast. But yeah, there, we, def- we definitely discussed that at some point. You're right, previously. we did. It was like one of the early episodes. You're absolutely right. Um, all right, and the last question is... Um, Someone mentioned the Flashpoint par- Paradox, and you've mentioned it, too. I take it that this is a famous Flash storyline. So do you want to say, like, do you... Uh, I mean, maybe... Mm. Oh, maybe Flashpoint. Without... Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so sorry, Flash, Flashpoint. Flashpoint is the event that led to the creation of the New 52 uh, and the deletion of the post-crisis uh, continuity in the comics. And Flashpoint Crisis is the movie, the DC animated movie that I believe they made mm-hmm. out of it. Um, it's, you know, it's cool. It would be a fun thing to do, uh, but I don't think they're allowed to have, like, Batman representations and whatnot, even if it's a alternate world Batman. But it's basically... What if you had Green Arrow being Batman instead? Uh, maybe. You would have, like, an alternate Green Arrow. So, sure. Um but basically the, the the plot is Barry Allen wakes up one day and everything's different and he's the only one that noticed and it's because Reverse Flash went back and succeeded in killing his mom. Uh, and so he has to go back and stop that and sort of reboot the DC universe uh, because like the world he wakes up in, it's like Atlantis has taken over like part of Europe and Batman is Thomas Wayne, not Bruce Wayne. And, you know, everything's kind of, like, slightly left of center. That would be um, fun. I think that would be really fun for him to wake up and everything's just, like, a little different. Yeah, no, that right? would be totally fun. And it would be a fun thing to do uh, for the show, maybe? I'm just not sure how much they could actually do the uh, other DC Universe things. But that would totally be a fun, you know, like, one-off crazy show. I'm just right. not sure what it says about time travel that you spent the whole season being with Barry almost causing Flashpoint by stopping his mother from being killed and uh, instead sort of, anyway 
Yeah, it's a cool. Uh, it's a, definitely a cool animated movie, though, which is actually how I experienced it. I didn't read all the comics because there was like Flashpoint spinoffs for everything, and I was just like, "Well, if they're just going to delete it. I'll catch up when that happens." Because there have been a ton of crises, like Infinite Crisis, which brought Barry back from the Speed Force to stop Superboy Prime. It's like sometimes you just got to pick up after a crisis. <laughs> Superboy Prime. Okay. Um, oh man, have you read Infinite Crisis? No, obviously not. Every time you said Infinite Crisis on this episode, I've been like, "What is that? I don't know." Well, that, I, I've been saying Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is different. oh yes, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, has Superboy Prime when he's basically like, "What if a internet troll was a superhero?" It's it's interesting. Um, all right, so that is a lot of speedster information that you just downloaded. Is there anything I'm like I'm I don't want to give you an open ended question because I'm afraid like everything you've learned is just going to spill out of you and it's going to be too much. But like, is there anything like contained that we missed that you want to talk about? Um, I think we should talk about Jesse Quick, who had Jesse Chambers would be the character name who's also been cast. For this season, uh, she's the daughter of Johnny Quick, who is also a uh, DC Comics Golden Age speedster. And um, she gets to be fast by saying a mathematical formula out loud, which... (laughs) That's amazing. Doesn't sound super cool, but uh, Mark Wade tried to make it better by... She's actually picturing the fourth dimensional concept in her mind, which allows her to harness the speed force power. So uh, we're going to have a lady speedster this season. Uh, they definitely cast the character, whether or not right. Jesse Chambers becomes Jesse Quick, or they want to deal with mathematical ways to tap into the speed force uh, is still uh, to be seen. But uh, yeah, she's she's been cast, so it's possible that we have another spe- a lady speedster. Cool. Um, I will say this, having read you know my first Flash comic, as I did today, um that the show is amazing. <laughs> and, and here's why. Uh, it's really, really incredible to see a lot of the things that they try to represent on the 2D page, um, you know, in glorious 3D in, in the show. You know, because you'll see, like, Barry do some shit with, you know, Barry or Wally do, like, some shit with their arms where there's, like, you know, trails streaming off of them. So you're supposed to, like, understand that they're doing it really fast. Or, you know, Wally will describe how he stopped time and, or like, you know, he went so fast that the baseball that he was chasing is hovering in midair and he just plucks it out of the air. But you can't, you can't depict that on a panel because it just looks like a baseball in the air. It doesn't look like a baseball that's frozen in the air. Um, you know, and that, and that's the beauty of the show. And, uh, I, you know, I'm really, I, I, I am under, I'm better understanding, having read the book, I'm better understanding, how people who love this character are so thrilled with how it's how the um, s- you know special powers of this particular character are being communicated on screen. Yeah, you no, know, seeing it in motion is great. Uh, the fact that they've been able to digitally double so many people and the entire city, I believe, has given them uh, so much freedom like to do that flash versus reverse flash fight where those in like slow motion around barry's mom stuff like that is amazing that's on tv so uh if for some reason you've listened to all this episode you haven't caught up with it and you're a netflix subscriber october 6th season one drops on the netflix so catch up super fun yeah i'm really 
I'd be very interested if you listened to this whole episode and didn't watch Flash Season 1. I apologize for any and all spoilers. Um, but hopefully you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. What, okay, so what? Uh, what's the one thing you, Dave Gonzalez, are most looking forward to Flash Season 2? What am I most looking forward to in Flash Season 2? You know what? I'm, I'm going to say the reveal of whoever Professor Zoom is because I feel like it could be a make or break reveal considering last season's was both predictable and surprising at the same time. Like when he took off his mask to reveal... Okay, guys, if you really haven't watched the first season of Flash, I'm sorry. But when he like took off his mask and it wasn't Harrison Wells... Uh, right before that teaser, it was just it managed to motivate an entire hour hour of television to work. So I think if they could do that again with Zoom and the fact that you know at this point the television universe will be roused, lousy, rotten with speedsters, uh, <laughs> I think it'll be it'll be a good benchmark. It'll be like Grodd was for season one, but storytelling instead of special effects. Like if you get there and I'm still on the edge of my seat, then that's a successful second season. Excellent. Um, I think for me, the thing that I'm most looking forward to, and it may not come this season, is is the potential future for Caitlin, because uh, I think that'll be really interesting. And I think Danielle Panabaker is a good, I hope I pronounced her last name correctly. I think she's a great actress, and, and Caitlin can be kind of a boring character. So it would be fun to see her to do, um, you know, a sort of Dark Phoenix, Dark Willow thing. Cool. Kill, Killer Frost thing. So, you know, we'll see. Uh yeah, Netflix and chill. Um, that what? No, it's just like you said, Netflix. Right. She's Caitlin Frost. Anyway, oh, oh um, that's okay. I get it now. The that worst, funny. the worst joke you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, just you know, it's not what I. Not the first thing that jumps to mind when someone says Netflix and chill. Yeah, no, that was a pun. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? Flashwise. Oh no! Flash. I think I think that's ah, good. good. We Once did again, it. Not the not the same flash. I know. Shame. We did it. Yes, we did. We did. I mean, well, I mean, uh, yes, we could do and more, we, but we did it. We, we started. could always do more. We started it. I mean, this is what we want to do. Is we want to establish some some lay the foundation for Flash season two. So it's here. I I certainly know who Wally West is now and I didn't before. So, you know, there you go. If you guys want to, I think we were mistakenly calling uh, the book that I read, Wally West, year one. But it's actually called Wally West Born to Run. And it's issues 62, 63, I think, 62 through 64 or 65, something around there. Mark Wade. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty solid. It's pretty good. There's a, there's a creepy mirror villain and... And all sorts of goodness. Um, you know, Barry Allen's a grown-up, so it's it's not exactly Grant Gustin, but you know, it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice uh, it's a nice introduction to what comics were like in what nineteen ninety two. Yeah, you have, weren't reading or have forgotten. But uh, but yeah, but th- just like a completely different flow to things. I had forgotten uh, until I started rereading like old back issues. But yeah, oh man, that's my flow. That's my Spider-Man clone saga flow. That's your jam? That's that's right, ponderous uh, yellow bricks of thought. I know how to read you in sequential order. Oh, man, there was a lot of Wally West voiceover in this. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Dave, until next week, probably. We'll probably be here next week. 
Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at DA7E, podcasting at fightinginthewarroom.com, and writing at geek.com, forbes.com, and latino-review.com. I'm Joanna Robinson. You can find me over on VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This. You can listen to me talk about television in general on the Station Agents. And if you need a Game of Thrones fix, I'm doing a season one rewatch and read along over on SlashFilm.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>